0: If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in the future of work. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Is the four-day work week coming to an employer near you anytime soon? The four-day workweek is being touted as a potentially viable solution for everything from a burned-out workforce to low productivity and missed deadlines to low engagement and the talent shortage in a tight labor market. It might even cure the common cold. In the largest study to date on the four-day workweek, 61 UK-based companies employing 2,900 workers all experimented with a four-day workweek for the second half of 2022. 92% 92% of them kept the four-day workweek going even after the trial period ended, and 30% of them committed to a permanent change. So, is the four-day work week coming to an employer near you anytime soon? Let's dive into the issue and find out. Let's start by taking a peek into history in order to inform the current moment in time. 150 years or so ago, in the 1870s, Full-time work was 60 to 70 hours per week. Now, the labor movement, technological advances, full-scale industrial revolution, and so forth have all occurred since then, and most developed countries settled around 40 hours of work per week spread over five days. Now, note that I'm speeding through about 150 years of history in like 17 seconds. (laughs) The work week becomes Monday through Friday for white-collar work with eight-hour days typical. And in other industries like manufacturing, healthcare, service work, and so forth, the work week spans all seven days in shift work that varies from eight-hour days to 10- or 12-hour days, depending on the industry. So that's a significant reduction in hours per week over the course of 150 years. In fact, most of that reduction in work hours was a good solid 100, 150 years ago. It hasn't changed much in the last century. Now, I've recently covered the topic of Americans working less, like an hour or two per week less, but in this episode, we're going to explore working less on a slightly more radical basis. Now, John Maynard Keyes, a British economist who lived from 1883 to 1946, predicted way back in 1930 that with the rate of industrialization and utilization of automation, we would soon drop to a 15-hour workweek. He based this on a study of a 40% increase in factory output in the United States from 1919 to 1925 leading to his prediction in 1930 that at that rate of increase in productivity, we'd soon have a lot of leisure time on our hands, hence his prediction of the 15-hour work week. Now, in a more contemporary study, researchers found that the work that it took an entire day to do back in 1970 could be done in a mere 1.5 hours in 2016. Turns out Keyes might not have been so terribly wrong about this whole 15 hour work week thing. Research released a couple of years prior to the start of the pandemic showed that office workers were productive only one and a half to two and a half hours of their eight hour work day, just short of the three hours per day that keys predicted were needed for that 15 hour work week. Only productive one and a half to two and a half hours per day. Now, before I get into any greater discussion of the four-day work week and its viability, let's also situate this conversation in the current context of a post-pandemic work environment. We've got competing views on what constitutes the best environment for productivity right now work from home and return to office are still at battle these days. Now, if you recall, this was one of my predictions at the start of 2023, and I have been predicting all throughout this year that the tension will continue, and it certainly is continuing right now. I want to propose that a four-day work week just might be a solution. Now, hear me out on this. Leaders, leaders, owners and shareholders, and anyone else who might care about the bottom line in an organization is principally concerned with productivity. And many of these folks are lobbying for people to come back to work in the office where they think productivity is higher. Now, to be fair, the data currently suggests that focus work is best done where an employee can best focus. (laughs) Duh. For some, that is with the relatively uninterrupted time working from home. And for others who have competing demands at home, either family related or of their own devising and their own distractions, the return to office will, in fact yield the highest productivity. Activities that require collaboration by groups are certainly better done in person, think meetings, brainstorming sessions, and so forth, as are coaching and mentoring activities and Paramount among the value of being co-located in the office is the impact on new employees, learning their job becoming enculturated in the organization's culture and their manager's specific climate, and forming new interpersonal relationships with colleagues, these are far more effective when employees are on site. Now, on the other hand of the equation, we have employees who enjoy working from home, and they are primarily concerned with flexibility, also avoiding lengthy commutes and finding ways to blend their work with the rest of their lives and really maximize the experience of their lives. So as a solution, enter the four-day workweek. In addition to all the other problems it purportedly solves, the four-day workweek may be the answer to the return to office versus work from home and flexibility debate. Now, if coming back to the office under the premise of a four-day work week, that is a 32-hour four-day work week. If that could drive the productivity, and more on that in a bit, and also satisfy the flexibility itch, it just might work. Now, it may mean that the work-from-home crowd goes into the office a bit more, maybe even all four days, but the trade-off of a full day of leisure time each week is certainly worth it to me and to many others. Now, Andrew Barnes, in his book, The Four-Day Work Week: How the Flexible Work Revolution Can Increase Productivity... Profitability and well being, and help create a sustainable future, he articulates an approach to the four day work week that delivers maximum value and productivity at the rate of four days per week. His inspiration struck after reading an article in The Economist in 2017 summarizing a couple of studies on office workers in the United Kingdom and in Canada. People working a standard five day work week were productive. That one and a half to two and a half hours in the typical eight hour workday that I mentioned before. Now, Barnes thought if he could get people to be 40 more minutes productive each day, they could get by with a four day work week at the same level of productivity. So he put together an equation or a formula for his plan. 100, 80, 100. Here's how it breaks down. 100% of your contractual pay. 80, percent of the time invested 100% of the agreed upon productivity 180 100 now he positions that day off that fifth day the day that you're not working as a gift for the additional productivity on the four days that staff are working and it's based on something called social exchange theory social exchange theory is a concept based on the notion that a relationship between two people is created through a process, a very subtle and often unconscious process of cost-benefit analysis. In other words, it's a metric designed to determine if the effort poured in by an individual in a relationship is worth it. So if I pour in more effort, let's say on the worker side of the equation, and work harder or am more productive 40 minutes more productive each of those four days the benefit will outweigh the cost of what i'm putting into it and the relationship will increase in value another way to look at it is that people will give in order to get give extra effort on four days get the fifth day to do as you please so andrew barnes secured permission to experiment with a four-day work week in his organization in new zealand Way back in 2018, that feels like ancient history these days because it was before the pandemic. So this isn't even driven by the pandemic. It initiated before that. So let me share a few noteworthy results from implementing a four-day work week in Barnes Company. So work-life balance improved overall. Employee engagement rose, and there was no change in productivity. Now this was consistent with their expectations and goals. They were not striving for greater productivity. They did not ask anyone to produce more. They asked them to produce the same amount they would typically produce in five days, but to do that in four days. So working a little harder each of those four days, not longer hours, still a standard eight hour workday, but just amping up their productivity. So that means maybe a little less social media, a little less office gossip or chit-chat with your neighbor, and a little bit more focus on getting your work done at a higher level of productivity. Now, even though those outcomes suggest that it was a win, and it certainly was because Barnes's company is still working a four-day work week to this day, but it wasn't all sunshine and roses. Some folks reported stress and pressure And that the stress and pressure really went up with increased anxiety about whether or not their productivity was high enough. So there was a cognitive load on some people where they weren't sure if they were producing as much as they needed to. Another piece of downside was that some people didn't know what to do with the extra time off. They didn't know what to do with their extra day. Now, certainly, I think post-pandemic, we probably have a lot better idea about how to fill an eight-hour stretch of time with either leisure activities or family or so forth. But back in 2018, these, some of these folks just really didn't know what to do with their extra time, and they had to get back in relationship with themselves, which overall is a good thing but was kind of a startling thing as well. And then a final outcome or thing to note is that resistance was the greatest from leaders in the organization who were skeptical. That was their biggest internal obstacle is skeptical leaders. Now, the company that Barnes works for in New Zealand is not an anomaly. You've no doubt heard in the news of other companies exploring a four-day work week as an option. Some companies who have adopted or are currently experimenting with a 40-day work week include software companies Buffer, Basecamp, and Shopify, as well as scores of other small, high-tech companies you've probably never heard of. Some that you have heard of, the North American division of Panasonic, Toshiba, Kickstarter, the online clothing consignment company ThreadUp, and hundreds and hundreds of other companies. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Now, Let's look at what you might want to consider if you were going to implement a four-day work week in your organization or in your team, because it doesn't have to be organization-wide. It can be done in smaller pockets of the organization, provided that permission has been granted. So if you're going to try it, first of all, know what you want to achieve. Are you looking for increased engagement, increased productivity? Are you looking to drive reduced absenteeism and reduced presenteeism so that people are like alert and engaged more often? Are you trying to attract and retain the best talent by having this as a perk? Are you trying to motivate staff or create a better culture? Maybe you're working towards increased revenue. There are so many different reasons that your company or team might want to try it, but you really need to be clear on your outcome. Be explicit at the start and measure, measure, measure along the way. And then, Make data-driven decisions about what works and what doesn't. Failure is an option. Failure is an option. Let me repeat that in this experiment, both for the whole enterprise, if this is being taken on company-wide, also at the individual level. So decide in advance what the measures for success and failure are and what the consequences will be, and then stick to them. Recall the gift model that Andrew Barnes espouses. The gift will be revoked if it is not continually earned. So decide on those outcomes, what constitutes failure, what constitutes success, and be ready to reinforce both of those. And finally, keep senior leaders, sponsors of the project, and other decision makers informed all the way along. Absence of information breeds suspicion. (laughs) Let me repeat that. Absence of information breeds suspicion. So share the wins and share the losses and keep everyone in the loop all the way along. Now, let me circle back to how the four-day week can help alleviate the problem I began with. The tension between the work-from-home crowd who want flexibility over all else and the return-to-office crowd who want increased productivity and profits. So here's a summary of ideas about how the four-day workweek can solve this tension. On the scorecard for the work-from-homers who want flexibility, we've got three big wins. Number one, improved work-life balance. The traditional five-day workweek often leaves little time for personal pursuits, relaxation, and spending quality time with family and friends. Shifting to a four day work week allows employees to have that extra day off, granting them more time for personal interests and reducing burnout. This improved work life balance can contribute to increased job satisfaction and overall well being. Second win in their scorecard potential for increased creativity and innovation. Leisure time and mental breaks are essential for stimulating creativity and fostering innovation. With an additional day off each week, employees have more opportunities for rest, relaxation, and engaging in activities that inspire fresh ideas. This renewed creativity can positively impact problem-solving, decision-making, and overall innovation within the workplace. Plus, it will make them feel good. And the third win in the column for the work from homers, decreased stress and improved health and quality of life. Less time in the car or on public transportation, commuting is shown to improve physical and mental health. Even if it means going back into the office some or even all four of the days, it's still healthier than the pre-pandemic standard of five days in the office every week. Now, on the scorecard for the return to office folks who are vying for productivity and profits. Number one, increased productivity and focus. Despite working fewer days, employees may experience increased productivity during that shortened work week. With a shortened time frame to complete tasks, individuals will find themselves more focused, efficient, and motivated to achieve those goals because they want that gift of the fifth day off. Now, this intensified work ethic within a compressed time frame can lead to enhanced output and improved quality of work overall. So, the second thing in the scorecard for the return to office folks enhanced employee engagement and loyalty. Offering a four-day workweek demonstrates an employer's commitment to employee well-being and work-life balance. This can boost employee morale, engagement, and loyalty as employees feel valued and supported. And this in turn can result in reduced turnover rates, increased job satisfaction, and a more positive work environment, all of which drive profit. And the number three item on the scorecard for the return to office folks, attraction and retention of top talent. As the demand for flexible work options continues to rise, companies that embrace a four-day work week may just gain a competitive advantage in attracting and retaining top talent. Job seekers are increasingly prioritizing work-life balance and flexibility in their career choices and in the companies that they choose to work for. By adopting a shorter work week, organizations can position themselves as desirable employers and attract the very best that the labor market has to offer. So it's a pretty even balance sheet. Three wins for the work from home column and three wins for the return to office column. So back to the question of, is a four-day work week coming to you anytime soon? Well, that depends. Mostly, it depends upon your organization being bold enough to take the risk and run a trial experiment. From a mandate perspective, we won't see it here in the United States anytime soon. A few states have dabbled with legislation that incentivizes companies for having a shorter work week. They've also attempted statewide reform on the number of hours worked per week, but none of them have significant traction at this point. But the debate has been started. (laughs) The prospect of federal legislation enacting a four-day workweek is highly unlikely at this particular point in time. The United States hasn't passed any comprehensive pro-labor legislation in nearly a century. But we'll leave that topic for a future episode. (laughs) Now, however, there is nothing stopping a company from experimenting. As the Latin proverb states, Adentes fortuna huat. Fortune favors the bold. Now, if you've enjoyed this content and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so that you get notified every time there's a new episode out. And I'm also making other YouTube videos as well. So even if you listen on a podcast player, you're going to want to head over to youtube.com forward slash Janelle Anderson, PhD, and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Wherever you're listening or watching, please leave a review. It helps other listeners find this podcast and this episode And of course, it just plain old makes me feel good too. Until next time, my friends, remember, fortune favors the bold and be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is is working conversations.